All right, hello everybody out there. This is some quality intro music. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's 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 theme entertainment. -y. It is beautiful music. Hello, folks out there in uh, TV land. Um, a big shout out to Michael Libby. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we have more. More and more people are uh, joining the show. Uh, we'll give them a little bit of time before we dive completely in. Uh, uh, but uh, my name is Patrick Kling, and this is... I'm Andy Garfield. Wait a second. Did I did I have your name wrong the whole, this entire time? What do you mean? Oh, I'm going to have to change that. Did you say Amanda? Amanda Garfield? Andy Garfield. Happy, I heard... I heard. I'm Andy Garfield. I'm Andy Garfield. Okay, I thought that was a... I thought that was a uh, that was a miscommunication. Yes, um, I'm Amanda Garfield. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is our first show ever, folks. Um, and, um, you know, Andy and I know each other a long time. We've worked together in the industry for, uh, we're both in the themed entertainment industry before. And I'm going to, I'm going to go, um, just so people know how wacky and crazy this really is. Uh, I'm going to share kind of how this show started. So this all started with a tweet. Like so um, many things. <laughs> yeah, like so many things. Uh, toying with doing a weekly theme park show every week during the lockdown. This is industry focused. Would you watch and engage? It had 29 likes. So I figured there's some people who might be interested in that. Uh, then let's see. I'm making sure that the window doesn't look too crazy. Uh, yes, sure. Would absolutely tune in. Would love to participate. Andy Garfield right here. Make it cool. Make underscore it cool. Uh, and then next thing you know, we got a show going. Pep talk, I like that. Pep talk for the industry, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then, of course, sounds great. Sunday evening, we can work out the details. Cold in the first show, quality content, streaming on YouTube and Facebook. And today we are here to do that. Um, so how exciting is that? Watch us hammer out the details live. <laughs> yes. Um, as always, uh, folks, this is a live stream. So we, if you want to comment, I know we already have comments going on YouTube and on on uh, Facebook. So that's great. Andy, what do you, what do you, let's just, what, what do you take of what's going on out there? How, how have you been affected? It's been a crazy, it's been one hell of a week. It's been one hell of a month. Uh, where are you at right now? Well, this week has been a hell of a year. Yeah, uh, there you go. This month has been a hell of a year. Uh, well, for me personally, it's funny. As you can see, I'm here uh, in my studio at Pachinko Media. And, um, you know, it's funny is that, is that it's almost no change for me. I mean, I basically, I get up and I come to the studio and I go home. Yeah. Uh, pretty much been my life for the last 20 years. It, you know, or sometimes I live at my studio a long time ago. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I really miss, you know, I, I would generally have a lunch with friends and colleagues uh, almost every day. I really miss that. Um, and um, otherwise, you know, I, I worked as pretty much in isolation for my entire career. So yeah. it's not, uh, it's really not anything new to me. I mean, I miss, you know, I miss going out to dinner and going out to lunch and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff like everybody else. But uh you know, and in terms of work, you know, uh, I've only had one and kind of one and a half projects canceled, oh, that's like good. canceled, canceled. Yeah, not bad. Um, uh, a couple of others have been pushed, but not far, just because of the sort of the chaos of uh, other clients transitioning to working from home. Yeah, so there's that. There was that week or two where everybody was scrambling to like, you know, okay, how are we going to make this work? And everything was just kind of put on hold for a while. Um, and, um, you know, uh, talking to other people that are, you know, working from home, you know, they're uh, adjusting well, I think, you know, uh, I was talking to uh, Jason McManus and he's just like, you know, I work like 16 hours a day now. I don't know what time it is or what day, the, what day it is. He's <laughs> just, sit, I just sit in my home office and work all day now. <laughs> so what, what, why don't, so there's people watching that maybe don't know who you or I am, who are found us on YouTube or Twitter or what have you. Um, like. Can you, who are you? 
Who am I? Uh, well, I'm Andy Garfield. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> uh, I've been doing music and sound for themed entertainment now for, this is my 25th year. Wow. Uh, doing this. I started uh, at Walt Disney Imagineering uh, when I was 21 in 1995. And uh, I worked in the audio video department, um, mostly just as a assistant floater, floating assistant, and doing reconnaissance, audio reconnaissance in the uh, the library, the media library, which was basically just a closet uh, back then. Now they have this, you know, whole like fancy library facility. Um, but uh, I I grew up in Anaheim, close to Disneyland, and spent a lot of time there growing up and um, just wanted to, you know, get involved in theme entertainment. And I was doing music at the time. I was doing animation at the time when I was, uh, you know, a kid in, in junior high and high school. And then I decided to do music. And then uh, right around the same time, Buddy Baker, uh, who was the head of the music department uh, at Disney for a long, long time, started a film scoring program at UFC. And I went to him and I said, I want to do music for theme parks. And he was just like, oh, holy crap. All right. So you're in. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And uh, and I studied with Buddy. Uh, Buddy, uh, for those of you who don't know, wrote uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts uh, for the Haunted Mansion, uh, among many other things. Uh, People Mover Music, um, you, know, uh, all, you know, the American uh, Journey, uh, the Circle Vision music, and uh, Impressions to France. Uh, things like that. Sorry to Etienne if you're watching. I uh, <laughs> said um, um, impressions instead of impressions de France or whatever it's supposed to say. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, and so I've been doing a lot of film and television, video games, all kinds of stuff uh, in between theme park attractions. And, and now for the last 10 years or so, I've been doing 90% of my work has been in themed entertainment. Yeah, that's great. Um, so before my first, I... my first big job, my first real big break uh, was uh, the Men in Black ride at Universal Studios Florida. Um, that was my first real big by myself job, my first big boy job. Yeah, that's great. That's 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 a great attraction. Which uh, celebrates its 20th anniversary in just a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, and Dave Cobb just posted a Twitter, you know, a, a video out there of him recreating the ride, which was fun. Yeah, super fun. Um, so before we talk about who I am, for those that don't know me, we got some comments. This is a live stream. We got to put the comments up. Hey guys. Yep. That's Michael Libby. We got Melody. Hey Melody. Thanks for watching. Samuel PG. That scared me. I'm not sure what that was referring to. And of course we got the woos. We got a question for later, but Erica says hello. And then we got the fire. Grim Grinning Ghost is on fire. So that's fun. Uh, and Mickey Bowden. Hi Mickey. So um, me, uh, I'm Patrick Kling. Uh, so I've been in theme park design uh, kind of like off and on for 10 years, but mostly for the past, I guess, seven years I've been doing it, six years, six, seven years. I work at Nickelodeon uh, Experience Design um, in Orlando, Florida as an art director, associate art director for their team working on attractions. And I, uh, I lived down the street from Disneyland, just like Andy. I lived in uh, Costa Mesa and uh, loved theme parks growing up. I love Disneyland, loved going there. I'm sure we'll talk more about our, our journeys all together a little later, but uh, worked worked with the Nickelodeon for a while, then went worked at SeaWorld, then worked at iTech, and then now I'm back in Nickelodeon for almost two years and uh, do art direction for creative development for Nickelodeon, uh, which is a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Um, so in regards to, you know, our impact is we've been We've been uh, come on lockdown, working from home for for three weeks. This was we just ended our third week of it. So, um, luckily, at least at this moment, you know we we're still working. All of our all my projects are going. Um, we we're we're in various stages of them, and we're we're still having the, we're still working at least at the moment. So we're very fortunate about that. But you know we did have the news come in this week about uh, Disney furloughing you know, April 19th, most of their employees, I and mean, nobody really knows what that means quite yet. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, these are the kind of things that kind of happened hearing that mass, you know, furloughing made me think, you know, it'd be great to do some, maybe it'd be a good idea to do some sort of industry show out to talk about things and connect with our peers and colleagues and um, aspiring colleagues, students, and maybe fans that want to see a uh, little more inside baseball um, about kind of the day-to-day -day life um and so here we are so this is our first show 
And Andy and I literally didn't know talking, no discussion whatsoever, except here's the link on how to get on. Um, and our plan is, and maybe it's an ill-fated plan, is to figure out, you know, what what our template of what the format of our show is going to be. So, you know, there's there can be the news, there can be the, the just the day in the life. There's the how long is the show? We really don't know any of those things at the moment. We're really figuring those out in real time. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, you know, I the thing that I keep coming back to <clears throat> in my own, you know, thoughts, you know, sitting here. Um, is what is the landscape of themed entertainment and how are people going to consume themed entertainment after this is over? And the other corollary, will this ever be over? I mean, I don't think, I, I'm not sure that, you know, we're gonna just gonna like flip a switch and life's gonna go back to the way it was before. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think, um, you know, aside from the massive job losses and whatever, you know, I think, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna think about and and participate in public spaces a lot differently, certainly now than we have before. What do yeah. you think? You know, I I completely agree. I I so I did a webinar earlier this the week, Friday actually Friday afternoon, and we were talking about uh, people who had just recently graduated, and I graduated in two thousand nine, um, which was a bad time uh, for that. Um, and then we went right around that time working for the Theo Awards together. Um, if I do recall correctly, you were working with that. And my point of the story is that the economy was tanking down back then and it was very challenging to get jobs and people had just laid off all their, you know, a lot of their staffing. This thing is completely different because, you know, it's not a market driven, it's not a market driven, oops, sorry. It's not a market driven thing this is a complete exterior outside force um you know not tied to the price of oil not tied to uh things like that where you know all these projects in the middle east got cut um it was it was just this total odd pandemic that's causing this and so i think our industry all industries are going to be affected and yeah what do you do um when you're supposed to move all the way forward in a in your line or you're supposed to sit, you know, in a, an entire parade viewing area, and you don't really want to do that, right? Yeah, I think there's there's two elements to it. I think it's going to be like, are there going to be people that can afford to have these premium experiences uh, in the numbers that they used to have, and then what is that experience going to be like? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, another thought that was kind of interesting, which was. Just we know that there's there's projects that are completely on hold right now, um, based because of what's going on. They don't know what's going, which ones are going to happen or not. And this is across all companies. I don't want to get too specific with companies because, you know, we're all under NDAs or you know we have knowledge that we need to be discreet about. Uh, having said that, a question that came up in this webinar, I'm going to bring up this webinar again because it was interesting. Was, you know, in SCAD and their 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 class, their thesis class, they have these crazy concepts and these these completely forward thinking of the next level of theme entertainment. And after just going through Galaxy's Edge and we know what Potter and we know these next level things, it's gonna be a while until the next big thing comes out. you know. And so I said, my recommendation to, to all, I think everybody, everybody in the industry is to start, start thinking, how do you get that big idea, but in a small space um, with completely different thinking around it? Because I don't, I think the day, the day at least for the next couple of years of these huge, massive projects, are is on hold indefinitely for now. What do you think about the some of the stuff that in Tokyo in uh, Tokyo Disney that are that were like under construction? I mean, their mm -hmm. their big new Fantasyland uh, expansion and the new land in in Tokyo Disney Sea. I mean, I I don't I can't recall what phase those are in in terms of construction. But I mean, I can't imagine they would just stop everything and then just like, you know, leave it to the elements. Do you? Well, do, do you mean? Do you think they're they're would they stop things that have not started construction, or are you saying do you think they keep the construction going? I, I didn't understand the question. All right. I, I, do you think they're going to keep construction going? Do you think if things have been, you know, put in the ground that they're just going to keep going, or everything's just going to stop? I, I mean, I think it's going to be mixed, right? I think it's going to be a we might need to pump the brakes on things and go down to skeleton crews or reevaluate if everything makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not, 
what's very interesting about Tokyo, for example, is it's the Oriental Land Company. So they don't have, they don't necessarily have the entire weight of the Walt Disney Company to either bring them down or bring them up. It really is their, you know, their tourist sites, mostly for, from what I, whatever I know, I don't think they have too much else going on. They're not that diversified, I think. Maybe I'm misspeaking about that. Um, but they're gonna have to completely see what the trends in, in Japan are for, are people gonna wanna jump right back in or are they gonna, are they gonna be slow? It does seem like they have a little bit of experience with this because they did have the, the disaster with the with the nuclear power plant, right? So I believe they were shut down during that time. So they have a little bit of little bit of history with you know how they want to handle a disaster. What do you think? Um, I think uh, you know I think projects like you know the the Marvel Land uh, at California Adventure will be finished because it was like weeks away from being done, uh, and that'll open you know I think probably. When you know a few weeks after the parks reopen, who knows? I don't know, but um, I can imagine um, pretty much anything that hadn't started construction is is going to be on hold indefinitely yeah. everywhere, and not just Disney. Mm -hmm. I mean, Universal. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I wonder about Epic Universe. I don't know. You know, they haven't really built anything, so. I don't know. Dropping the mat back on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be. There's a lot of theorizing out there about you know, is, are things delayed? Are especially for that park? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I have no. <laughs> it's hard to say. I think it's going to be. If you if you were if you were a Comcast executive, what would you do? Um, I would see. I think that I think everything's like is going to go to molasses until we really know what the ramifications, what are, what's going to happen? Like in two months, I think we're going to have a clear picture, whether we're all back to work or are we still back in this slug and we have another, you know, another bailout package that's gone out. So I think that it's going to take, it's going to take time for people to really wrap their head around it. You know? So right now I think everyone's just kind of like in a pause because um, they're so worried about, you know, they, they don't have a crystal ball. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, if people snap back to work, because um, we know that um, you know a lot of the people that have been that have been furloughed so far might have been just stores and restaurants that were just shut down. So those people are going to come back to work. Pretty, we we would presume there's going to be a mass influx of people that can start working again uh, pretty immediately. Now, right, there might be people that are that are not coming back or that they're going to cut down their staffing, but that's still going to be a huge part of the economy that's going to slowly but shortly come back online and it's not like a, a two to three year recovery in my point of view like i think it's gonna be an instant good shock to the system when people have to go back to work people are now funding money people are planning their they're gonna go to disneyland they're gonna go to disney world they're gonna drive down they're gonna they're gonna reschedule their trips um but if this is four months five months six months all bets are off yeah i'm you know i'm very optimistic of if this only goes on for another month or two uh, I'm very optimistic that people will rush out to have these outside experiences. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you'll see huge lines at Disneyland, huge lines at Disney World and Universal Orlando. Uh, I think, you know, people will will flood to the parks. And I think that you're going to see every, pretty much everybody in masks if they aren't required. Mm. Mm, interesting. Well, you know, and I don't I don't know. The things that they did around, we're not, I don't want to be political on the show too much, but the things that like South Korea were doing and even China was doing where to enter a building, you had to have a temperature check to have a, uh, you know, or temperature check and there's heat sensors just out and they just plug people out. They did that for SARS. I don't know what the legal, you know, how legal that is to do in America, but to get serious about things, they might need, we might need to be doing things like that. Like, okay. You get checked for your temperature. You you get pulled out. Um, you know you get you get whatever the, the the most less intrusive testing is. You get tagged that you have the test that you got to prove that you're good and you're good to go out in the public. Like it might be that slow build out. I don't know the constitution and I don't know I don't I don't know how legal all those things are. But if the government's going to wiretap you after 9/11, this is like on that same scale. So what are we? You know what are we really going to do to be serious about it? And it it seems like we're just now starting to get serious with the shelter in place, but not all states are doing it. And all, that does, if not all states are doing it, then all you need is one person traveling from New York to here to Orlando. 
and to just spread it around. So it's yeah, I can imagine you know like another step in TSA and another step at, at the park securities, you know, of a temperature check. You know, whether it's whether it's a you know an IR field you know spectrometer check. You know, whether it's like walk, looking watching people walk by or if they're like holding the temperature gun up to you, yeah. you know, individually or whatever. I mean. I don't know. I, I think all bets are off in terms of, you know, airport security and park security, you know? Well, yeah. Well, well you know, when you go on a cruise, you know, they're like, look, if you go on the cruise, if you, if you are sick or if you've been sick or if you've had diarrhea in the last 10 days or anything like that, they make you sign a legally binding document that, you know, an affidavit that you are not sick and you haven't been sick. And, and if you are, then you can't go. Right. Well, and I think, what's going to have to happen is it's going to have to be everywhere. So meaning it can't just be Disney and universal doing it first because they're going to get horrible press for it. But if it's just this mandated thing by the government saying, Hey, we're rolling this out everywhere. That'll provide them cover. And I think that like the biggest failing or issue, um, I didn't want to get political, but this is just the realities we live in, which is we were relying on corporations to just do the right thing for most of these things. So, Nobody told Disney World they had to shut down. They shut down out of the goodness of their heart or because they saw the tea leaves and they did it. You know, no one was telling uh, Viacom, CBS, to make sure all their employees were sent home and working from home. Same with Disney. When they did that, they all just did that. They were, they were way ahead of the government, um, the government rules, which is pretty crazy that that's what we were relying on. Uh, and and it's, we're going to need the government to step in to, if, to help public places. So I'm laughing, laughing at Joe's comment. Yeah, Gantam Torch Technology. You love it, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a heady concept. It's a heady issue. I mean, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what is it going to look like when we go when we all come out on the other side of this. And I think it's you know I think 9/11 is is the the closest thing we can look to to see how things are going to change in our daily lives. Yeah. Um, uh, after this, I think it's it's you know to say it's unprecedented, you know, is you know hyperbole, but uh, yeah, I I just I think about like what is the guest experience going to be like? Is the guest experience going to change fundamentally in theme parks? I mean, with social distancing, how long will be people social distance for? You know, I yeah, I think that. This is this is I, I'm not I don't pretend to be a scientist or a medical scientist on TV. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's going to be a slow ramp up. So I think that they could limit how many people go into different areas. Um, but I would say once there's a vaccine, and we know there's most likely gonna be a vaccine within the year, I think people will go back to that that lifestyle. Now, having said that, people might be more um then more cautious so if you're if you have any sort of symptoms and you have to go in public people might wear masks or if they're elderly they might just like the rest of you know asia does that as a courtesy right if you have any symptoms they'll go out and they'll wear a mask so that might be where our culturally we shift um it's for it's, it's it's for that to happen i think that things will bounce back and the park experience will go back um i don't know i i think that there it's there's too many things in our daily lives that we just are so used to that everything would need to change. And I just don't, I don't know. I think that it's hard to see if like, we're really going to completely to change the way we design things because it will, I just think it will could negatively affect the, the experience, at least the immersion experience. You know, everybody wants to go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, what do you think about, the idea I've seen floating around of doing away with uh, standby queues altogether and going to all virtual queuing for all attractions across the board in Disney Universal Parks. So, I, I, that's a lot of capacity that's in the queues. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if they were to do that as a rollout, um, you know, I think that they're gonna. I think that all companies need to be looking at ideas like that to see how are we gonna. Is that gonna help? Um, so it's, it's, I would, I've, I've used virtual queue at, uh, for rise of the resistance. I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to do that. But yeah. Um, I was going to the, I had plans to go like the week after things got shut down. 
So, oh well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that if, you know, it's a whole change in the system and you know that towards the end, like you cut down on the line and it's a, it's a, it's a whole next level of fast pass where instead of waiting 20 minutes, now you're spaced out and you're not encouraged to go through at least as we come back and slowly ramp, ramp up. I think that's a, that could be a good solution. Um, and I, I, and I, I, th I think it, it's going to be all, it's about capacity limiting all that. Um, so it's, it's, it's really here. We got we got some comments on it. So let's see what we got. Yeah, it will be a huge jump. Going to be a logistical problem unless they find somewhere else to stack people. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, right? Um, well, that's the thing. Is it is it going to be the parks were completely abandoned after um, 9/11? And I, you know, I know 9/11 sucks, but we're we're at a whole new level right now with this pandemic. Way whole new level. Um, so, are people going to swarm back to the parks? Or are they not? You know, that was that was a whole huge shift. Um, people were afraid to travel. They didn't want to travel. They were afraid of going in public. We kind of we kind of go on our life like that. Um, and I, I, it feels like there's people that are. I mean, the the parks were stacked up the moment until they closed three weeks ago or two two and a half weeks ago when they actually went through with it. They were packed. Yeah. The last day that Disney Springs was open, it was completely packed. People were there, just funneled in. Like people weren't concerned about it. So has it has it gone in? I don't know. I think I, I'm I'm optimistic, uh, and I think you know, just really thinking through it in terms of like sociological, statistical thinking, you know, I, and just the overall timbre and emotion on social media that I that I look at myself. I think. I think people are, are going to flood flood back into the parks as soon yeah. as as soon as they can. Uh, and I think that there's going to be a whole like first kind of culture, mm -hmm. like you know, yeah. when everybody's gonna be there on the first day that they reopen, because these close these shutdowns, these closures are so unprecedented. You know, I mean Disney, Disneyland, Disney World being closed for months, you know, and Shanghai uh, being closed for probably six months. That could be. Yeah. They're slowly ramping back up now, but it's very limited. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that people, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Chinese do and how they handle it and how I think all eyes are going to be on Shanghai and Hong Kong for a while to see how they do it, how it works, how effective it is, how people behave, you know? Uh, but I think in America, I think like the moment that, you know, the word gets out that the parks are going to open, I think it's going to be just like an explosion of yeah. people flooding flooding back out into public but i think that it's going to be with masks and maybe gloves well what's interesting about like you said shanghai is that they're you know three months ahead of this whole thing that we are really and they have the government that does whatever they want um and can be very restricting so they can they're going to be doing temperature checks to enter Disney or Shanghai Disneyland because they do it everywhere. So they're already doing it. So you're going to get your temperature checked. They're going to track where you've been and they're, they can do a lot of pre-screening uh, to make sure that you haven't been in contact right now in China. There's an app they have that's tracking every single person and where they're going. So yeah. that been to a place where someone's been infected, they can, they can take you out and put you in quarantine. Um, now I'm politically speaking, that's just what they're doing. What, and it, it is effective. Um, so you can never do anything like that here. No, there's nothing. There's no way. There's no way, right? No, no I mean, you know, we're going to do some lame, half-assed, ham-fisted version of that, but it's not going to be an app. It's just going to be like the honor system, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that you know, uh, I think people are going to wake up to the fact that these parks are private property and can be operated however the company sees fit. And if you don't want to go through the series of checks uh, that the company is going to put in front of you, then you don't get to come in. Yeah, could be. Uh, we do have a comment here from Joshua. Uh, we won't see an uptick in attendance at parks until an all clear for schools. Offices and communities are clear as well. 9-11 is a false equivalency as the threat of terrorism was not declared cured. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that you know once the all clear is given and the parks give a date to open up, I mean, you know, it's going to be like you know, deep impact traffic levels, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, getting into 
Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's the other interesting thing, which is, you know, Disney and, and Universal, you know, they're building attractions because they want more people, they want more capacity, they want more people to come there. And if they know that things, all hell is broken loose and people want to go to these parks, maybe there might be a boom. There could be more people than ever that want to have that vacation. You know, all I'm thinking about right now is wanting to get the hell out of my house and doing things. So there could be this huge boon over the next year and Disney's just going to have to sit back and relax and enjoy the demand that's going to come in that That could happen. I mean, I don't think it might, I don't necessarily think it's going to offset their losses because them being closed for three, four months is huge. Uh, and I don't see them picking it up anywhere else in the company. So, you know, it could be huge. What do you think about that? Do you think it could be a, a huge boon in attendance? I think so. I think that you're for, for, for sure you're going to see all the annual pass holders showing up because they've already paid into it and all the locals are going to show up. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be like people, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just read Joe's comment about deep impact. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that, you know, we won't see the kind of foreign travel from Brazil and Europe uh, into Florida that we saw, you know, just a few months ago. Right. Uh, but the locals for sure, I think are going to, um, flood in. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it's yeah. going to be great too. And I hope people come and I hope they spend money, you know, uh, they got to get the, the, per, the per cap spending has got to just be through the roof to help, you know, these companies financially recover from this, which was good. It's going to take years. It's yeah. going to take years to build the cash reserves back up again. Well, and that's why I'm curious, you know, I don't know all the legislation. It's very confusing. Like, is Disney getting bailed out? You know, um, how many how many companies out there are able to, to do do that? Uh, I was kind of surprised to hear that they were furloughing their cash because I thought they were going to be able to file for all these business loans and keep business as usual going. So that was actually caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, but that is where they are. So do you, so I have, I, have a, I have a feeling that the, the company wide furloughs were mainly just to not um, select only the parks employees, the parks and resorts employees to make them feel singled out. Uh, I think, I feel like it might've been a little bit of a PR move to just like, well, we can't just shut down parks and resorts and let, you know, WDI and studios and Pixar and all that kind of stuff just, you know, keep making money. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's a solidarity thing. It's like, well, if parks and resorts is gonna shut down, we're gonna shut it all down. Yeah. Um, so, so I have some questions for you. So I'm out here in the Orlando scene, you know, so I have all sorts of friends that are in the industry and there's tons of companies that have, there's lots of layoffs. There's lots of vendors that are just closed. There's furloughing going on. Um, a lot of uneasiness, lots of people that are looking to go to freelance work and who are involved with slice creative network, which is great. Um, a great network out here in Orlando by melody. Um, and of course we know the TEA, um, we all know what that's all about. Um, what's like the pulse in the LA scene right now? How everyone, everyone is very busy. Uh, most of the people that I talk to, uh, in the independent, uh, design firms for the most part, uh, is business as usual and, and very busy. That's um, uh, I, you know, uh, you know, it, there's a, I think a lot of people are still looking at the future as being like bright ish, you know, and you know, the expo is still going to happen. And, you know, uh, I think stuff that's scheduled to open in the next year or two is still going to happen uh, for some parks. I, I don't know about Disney Universal projects, or I mean, I can't really talk about it. Right. But I, I think for, for independent regional projects and especially international stuff, like in China, mm -hmm. all of my Chinese projects are still going. That's good. And yeah. a lot of people that I, I talk to, their their international projects are still going. Mm, that's great. So, you know, uh, a lot of people are busy. I mean, some people aren't as busy. Some people had, you know, projects canceled or paused or put on hold or pushed or whatever. Uh, but uh, the fact that everything didn't just stop right. was, was surprising and relieving. Yeah. Do you, you know, I think, yeah. I think that it's an optimistic viewpoint that people are taking. Like, look, you know, this isn't the end of the world. It's only temporary. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck. It's, you know, there is going to be a lot of economic damage. Not everybody is lucky enough to work from home. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody is lucky enough to, you know, work for companies that continue to pay them 
if they're furloughed or laid off or whatever. I think, uh, you know, I also am involved in, you know, in Vegas Twitter as well. And I, I, I'm a discerning frequent consumer of Las Vegas <laughs> and uh, a lot of friends and family that live there as well. I mean, my, my cousin works at Caesars and, you know, he had to lay off his whole staff. Mm. And, uh, but the way that they're doing it is, you know, they're not just like let go and that's the end of it. Everybody's still in the system. Mm. And so like literally they can just like turn everybody back on and schedule them for work and they show up as if nothing ever happened. Right. Right. Which I, I presume is going to be like Disney, you know, they did like, they did stop the college program, which is a lot of people, but they can turn people back on. They're going to have to retrain. Uh, it's really fascinating and it's very fascinating. This whole thing going on. Um, mm. So I, you know, we have a question from the, uh, some member of the audience, uh, you know, we've been going live for, you know, 35 minutes, which is pretty great. We have a great turnout. Dozens of people are watching, which is cool. So why don't we uh, take this question and then we can pick it up next week. All right. Uh, let's see what this question was. Pardon me while I search for this. This is good. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is hi, Mike. Uh, hi guys. What do you think is the best designed ride and why that you've done or shouting out someone else's work? So I'll let you go first if you want to take that. The best designed ride uh, overall in the world. Uh, does it have to be still in operation? <laughs> Let's go ahead. You could do. I'd say you could do both if you want to do. Okay. Well, there's kind, of, there's kind of a three-parter, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the best design ride that I've done, uh, the best design ride that other people I know have done, the best design ride that is still in existence and operation or not. Um, I still, I always go back to the original Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean. That's my favorite ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is a masterpiece of uh, entertainment design and narrative and just, you know, the the colors and the lighting and the, the design and just the, the way the story unfolds and, and all that. That's, you know, I think one, still one of the best design rides uh, in the world. Um, best design rides uh, by people that I know. Um, I really enjoyed... Um, the Hagrid's motorbike ride. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, I know a lot of people that worked on that. That was a phenomenal experience. I loved going into it, not knowing uh, about a lot of the elements. That was a big surprise and a lot of fun. I still haven't been on Rise of the Resistance. I understand that's probably one of the greatest rides ever. Yeah, I'm going to take everybody's word for it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I've avoided as many um, as many uh, spoilers as I can on that as well. It's been really hard. I've not watched the last episode of the Imagineering story because of that. Yeah. <clears throat> so Joe, yeah. Fox, Joe Fox says Mystic Manor, superstar, yeah. superstar limo. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the jokes. Superstar limo is like is like the room of theme park rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, a very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's the, what was, did I answer? Did I answer all the questions? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, I will. So I'll start off with Rise of the Resistance is just a complete another level of experiential design. And so we actually on a, I do a daily show at five 30 called Yappy hour. That's on this channel. If you found me on Facebook or you found me on YouTube, that's where we have all sorts of, of these programs. And, we, uh, we, we put a top 10 list of domestic Disney parks and we decided at the very beginning that Rise of the Resistance just had to be out because it was just not a fair fight. Like it is, just, it's next level stuff. So I, I think that Rise of the Resistance is the best designed attraction. Uh, I have, I've been to all Disney parks except Shanghai Disneyland. Um, so that's kind of, I can't say Pirates in Shanghai because I've been on there. Um, but uh, funny story about that whole uh, avoiding spoilers. I was the same way. I did not want to see spoilers. Uh, I, I was uh, very in tune with knowing that that last uh, episode had spoilers. So they basically give away lots of surprises about the ride or the experience, really. And 
I was on a flight coming back from LA and the person next to me was watching that episode. And I just, you know, kind of like sometimes you glance over what they're watching and they, they showed it and I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> see that. You know, I unfollow like theme park review and I unfollow all these people like during like my moratorium area. Cause it was everywhere. I was on Twitter. It was on Facebook. Like I did not watch it. Um, but Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to your feelings about that. Um, there's a few times in my life where I've been blown away as an adult. Uh, I was blown away by Forbidden Journey when I went on it for the first time. Just blown, completely disoriented, blown, blown away. I didn't know what was up and down. Uh, and then, but my overall favorite, separate from Rise of the Resistance, is the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. Uh, just top-notch overall experience theming that has a thrill level in it. Uh, and uh, uh, just just over-the-top effects. I mean, every single time I ride that ride and I go to the boulder scene and the car wash stuff happens and it's just completely effective and the ball comes down, I laugh, I cry, I, I squeal like a, like a little girl and I love it. Like I love that feeling that you, that you just get. And it's not a feeling like when you're going through a loop. You get a loop, you get that intense. It's a whole psychological thrill like you're about to be crushed by a boulder, which is very effective. Probably the most effective theme park effects ever done uh, for what they were trying to pull off. From, uh, yeah, thinking, and it's funny uh, to add to that. To, I was thinking about it while you were talking. I was listening to you too, of course. Yeah, uh, no. But uh, I, uh, I have to add two things, and one of them is related to that the theme park best uh, theme park effect for me. Uh, the best the there's two times in my life, uh, my adult life, that I fully suspended disbelief in a themed experience uh, was the Star Trek experience. Mm -hmm at the Hilton in Las Vegas, the transporter room effect on that uh, completely broke my mind. Mm. Like it, the rush of the air, the flash of the lights and the way the room changed, changed and you know, the whole like guillotine thing that came in the replacing the whole room uh, with the rush of wind and the lights. Uh, it was, it was absolutely incredible i'll never forget it i'm i'm so sad that people can't experience that still because it is it is the most visceral experience you can have i think in a theme park attraction uh along with uh the adventure trail at shanghai none of you haven't been but i would say rush over to the adventure trails the the ropes course over on adventure isle in shanghai uh that i think was the most fun I've ever had uh, in a theme park attraction because it's so unusual. You really get a sense, a real sense of peril uh, that you know is only hinted at in other rides and other shows. But dangling over the edge of a 50-foot waterfall for real, so whether, I, you're, whether you're strapped into this thing or not, is a hell of a thing. So I, I got disconnected. My computer was trying to restart on me. What was the, the waterfall thing? That, I heard the Star Trek, and then I was, was the talking about. I was talking about the Adventure Trail at Shanghai. Oh, well, haven't been on that. Okay, the, the rope course. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was okay. that was the most fun I've ever had uh, in a theme park attraction. Uh, it was it was it's so. It, I mean, it actually delivers genuine peril. That's cool. And what's really cool about it is you, you not only can you experience it, but then there's all you know, the walkways all throughout the thing, and you can stand and watch your friends and family. Uh, you know, completely melting down. I watched so yeah. many people just completely melt down <laughs> and clog yeah. up the, the works. Uh, but uh, the adventure trail, I mean, like dangling, like like I said, you know, like you know, you feel genuine peril and danger because it is. I mean, you you know, it's real, and I loved it. I couldn't believe it. I I would have loved to have gone on it more. I mean, I I, I would easily have booked another day just to just go around and around and around again on, on that and take all of the routes. So it's funny. So um, for my honeymoon, I was supposed to go to Shanghai Disneyland and then go to Hong Kong Disneyland and then go to Bali, then go to Tokyo. It all got canceled. Like I just got married Woo! and it was all canceled because of this whole, not my wedding happened, which we snuck it right in February 22nd. But we had in January, they closed Shanghai Disneyland. So we had to cancel everything. And I was really hoping I was going to make it out there. Not sure when it's going to happen now. Um, but yeah, there's, I've heard there's, you know, I've heard pirates out there. It's amazing. I don't want to hear spoilers. I've avoided all spoilers for that as much as I can. I know they kind of talk about it on the, the Disney, the Disney plus series. So I like skip that segment of it. Um, <laughs> but looking forward to that. 
Uh, we do have we have some comments here. Let's see. We got Rich Hill. I rode Forbidden Journey with Terry Coop. Nice. Gave him a hug on the unload platform. Those kook arms were mind blowing. Yeah. One of the comments up there was, uh, "What was my favorite theme park music or ride uh, ride score? What was it? Let's see. What was your favorite ride? Okay. Favorite ride soundtrack. Favorite ride soundtrack. Oh, easy. Uh, American Journeys, the Circle Vision uh, score by Basil Polidoris." Uh, is my favorite score for an attraction. It's not a ride, technically, it's an attraction. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick my favorite score for a ride, you know, actual, you know, get in a vehicle, uh, I think, you know, it, original scores, I mean, so like not Potter, not Back to the Future, uh, I would say. You know, either Pirates or Mansion. Uh, Mystic Manor had really good music mm. uh, with Danny Elfman, you know, uh, dipping his toe into themed entertainment, mm -hmm. taking jobs away from people like me. <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Fox, uh, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, just for I iconic status, you know, you know, the Yoho Yoho Pirate's Life for me and Grim Grinning Ghosts are just utterly iconic. I mean, yeah. generations. Uh, small world iconic. I mean, it's not my favorite, but Definitely. everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. So Joe Fox, you said Body Wars was the ride template for ST, wasn't it? Star are Tours. Star Tours or Star Trek? But probably Star Tours. But yeah, it's similar. It was the same ride system, but it wasn't synced as well, in my opinion. It was a little wild. And, and Star Tours came first, didn't it? I believe Star Tours came first. Yep, because um, that was in '86 or '7, and then it came to Disney Studios in '90, you know, '89, '91, somewhere around that period. And bought it opened a Body War. Well, yeah, the Wonders of Life Pavilion was much after that. Um, yeah, I went on Body Wars before they shut it down, and then they just salvaged it all for parts and put it put it in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Star Tours was developed first. Uh, cool. Well. So where do you see the show going? We just come here every week and talk about theme parks because I'm down to do that. No problem. <laughs> oh, I, can do that. I can do that all day, every day. Yeah, and I think that the you know the point of this show is to, to try to create a venue for people to chime in, tune in, uh, and try to just, just like speaking to colleagues a little bit, people that want to nerd out on theme parks, I'm down for that. People that want to just kind of confide in each other and know that we're all here supporting each other, it's good. I know that it's good to hear that the... Uh, the the team out there in Orlando, your group out there, sorry, in Los Angeles seem to be doing pretty okay. Um, we know that the seismic shifts that have happened at Disney over the furloughs are huge. Um, and so, you know, we're all here to support each other in the industry. And, and we hope that this show is going to do good. Share it with your friends, uh, family members, um, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, well, I mean, it's so funny because now when people are like, hey, are you free to go talk at, you know, this night? I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Well, when do you want to do it? I'm like, well, I don't know. Days are like, days don't have meaning anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, one thing that I would really love to do, and I know we are going to be able to do is bring people on this show that are social media, uh, you know, very big on social or not big on social media. They just like to, they're, they're in the, out there in the industry and they're, they're willing to engage with fans and other industry folks. Um, so I'd love to have a guest on every show. Um, so if you want to be on the show, I know there's people commenting on right now that I'm sure would come on the show in a heartbeat that have been working in the industry for years and are creative forces that have built attractions that uh, you've been on. We've all been on, everyone here has been on attractions that you've probably done the music for. They've experienced things that you've done that sometimes we can't talk about it. You're kind of in the back, you know, behind the scenes on things quite a lot, but um, it'd be fun to hear about all your experiences and then bring other people on to just, chat you know we got to figure out the name for the show what is it going to be i don't know but right now it's the untitled themed entertainment lockdown show um project and i think we can go from there it'd be funny it's uh if, if it goes on after the lockdown we just take lockdown out and it's just the untitled themed entertainment show project <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if any of you folks um uh, yeah have comments want to join the show let us know um we're here to talk industry folks uh like from a lot of people join later in the show because they maybe hopped on, but you know, um, I'm a art director for theme parks for Nickelodeon Experience Design. And Andy, um, what do you do in 15 seconds? I do music and sound for theme parks. There you go. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, I think maybe next time we could talk a little bit about Vegas. I'd love to talk about how how you know we think that's all gonna roll back on. I love Vegas. <laughs> I could so sad for Vegas. Vegas is Vegas. No one's talking about Vegas, but yeah, it, yeah. it's really bad out there. Yeah. Are you are you a gambler or what do you do when you go to Vegas? Uh, I eat, drink, and gamble, and I, I do it uh, at a professional level. <laughs> okay. What, what uh, what's your game of choice? Just to give people a little bit more about you know our gambler stock. Uh, I play slots. I play blackjack, and I play poker. A um, little bit of video poker when I'm sitting at the bar. Uh, but I mean. You know, I I have a host and the whole thing, so okay. it's a whole thing. I, I, I talk to her weekly. Okay, that's cool. I, I, I call her I call her my casino grandma. That's great. So are you a so I'm a I'm a Caesar's person. Are you like Matt? I know you checked into Mandalay Bay and you had like I think you were at Mandalay Bay and you had like um, containers full of equipment for like a weekend or like a week long trip. Maybe it was over New Year's Eve. I think. That was at uh, Cosmopolitan. That's where I stayed. Oh, okay, Cosmopolitan. So are you an MGM, uh, whatever. I forget. If that's no Cosmos Independent. Oh, okay. Cosmos owned by Blackstone. Okay, gotcha. Cool. And, and Blackstone just bought Bellagio, so huh. the properties are right next to each other. I think there's going to be there. There was going to be sort of a merging of uh, casino programs and all that kind of stuff. Now we'll see. Okay, cool. uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm been loyal to the Cosmos since they opened in 2010. Nice. Well, we'll have to, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm a seizures guy. Um, I play blackjack. Part. I'm, I don't have a host one day. I mean, I'll have to go and hang out with you and they can host together. Um, we, we don't have to get specific into our limits or anything. Cause you know, we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, but I'm presuming um, if you have a host, it's pretty high up there. Uh, I, it's not so much that as I just go a lot. Okay. Just go again. There you go. Um, can we get a future show filmed on a patio at the Cosmo? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, actually, we can make that happen. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll sign off for today. This has been your uh, Untitled Themed Entertainment Industry Lockdown program, program Project. Thanks for joining us. We will salute you. Thanks, guys. On the broadcast. Bye for now, folks. <laughs>